Hello, hello, hello to my wonderful partners and God's wonderful people. I'm in California for ministry and I'm in my hotel and I have a blessed word for you today. So I want you to get ready for a blessed word from the Lord. And I thank you for being my partner and my friend. And today we're going to talk about how to stay strong against the enemy and resist him. Like how do we live the kind of life where we can overcome him continually and be free from his harassment, his temptations, uh, his tricks, you know, where he wants to trap us. Because that's just a part of, of our life, but the Bible has a lot to tell us on how to stay free from that and to stay strong against it. So, dearest Jesus, we come to you. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you with all my heart for your promises and your instructions, your blessed word. To you be all the glory. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Okay. Dear, dear Chad had a little problem earlier with getting everything set up. Is it all well now? Can I go on teaching? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Pray for him. Sometimes he has some difficulties. God bless him. He's sitting right here. You want to say hello so they can hear you? Hello, everyone. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. I want to read verse 17. This is a beautiful verse. Hebrews 2, 17 and 18. In fact, wherefore, in all things it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren. What a beautiful statement. He had to be made like his brethren. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Think about that. God Almighty becoming just like you and like me. That he might be merciful and faithful. Wow. A merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to save them that are tempted. He is able to help them that are tempted, is the Greek word here. Now, Jesus, the Son of God, God Almighty in the flesh, was baptized before he was tempted by the enemy to identify himself with us sinners. He who is sinless now identifies with us sinners in baptism. And right after he identified with us, then we go to Matthew chapter 4. And we begin reading at verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the, de of the devil. Now, we are going to see some amazing secrets here, keys in the Bible, that can really help us live a victorious life, a powerful life, where we can resist the enemy, where we can be victorious daily, daily. So it says... And now watch, watch how the enemy tempts the Lord. 
And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And then it says, and when the tempter came to him, the enemy waited till the Lord was worn out physically, tired physically, and eaten, hadn't drunk, and slept. And he said, if you are the Son of God, he said, if thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. And he answered and said, it is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the, out of the mouth of God. I'm, I'm, I want to read right through verse 11, and then I'm going to go back and explain it and show you the secrets in this portion here that's amazing to me. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and sets him on the pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. In their hand they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, It is written, Again thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil takes him up into an exceeding high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and says to him, All these things will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said unto him, Get thee behind me. Get thee hand, Satan. It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. In Luke 4, we read how the enemy left him for a season. So this was not the only time the Lord was tempted. But let's, let's look at this. Now, Jesus had just had a glorious experience. The Holy Spirit came as a dove. The voice of God spoke and said, This is my son, my beloved son. So now, Jesus is led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, as we just read, to be tempted. But why? Because the Father wanted to prove to the world that Jesus was sinless. That's, that's why. And worthy to be a redeemer. That's why he was led. God re revealing to the world that his son is perfect. In the most difficult conditions, he was victorious. What would you, what would I do if you and I fasted 40 days without water, without food, without sleep? 40 days is a long time. What would our condition be like mentally, physically, emotionally? We would be at our, at, at our end. There would be no strength left in any area of our natural life. Now, the Lord was as much man as though he was not God. He was fully man. And yet he was as much God as though he was not man. Fully God, fully man. But he was fully man. And we have to understand that he was tempted by the enemy as a man. So now the Bible begins to show us under the most difficult conditions, he won the victory. So God Almighty now 
revealed him as his holy son, worthy to be our redeemer. That's why he was led by the Spirit. And now that Jesus, the Lord, would, would identify with us in our testings, in our trials, in our temptations. Remember what, what I said and read in Hebrews one more time. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2 because we have to pay attention to this amazing verse, verse 18. It says, in that he himself hath suffered being tempted. There was suffering because he was suffering physically, mentally, emotionally. He suffered being tempted. He's able to save them, aid them, help them that are tempted. What an amazing Savior. So let's, let's look at some very important things here that I think will help all of us. Notice in, in uh, Matthew, let's go back to Matthew one more time. Let's go to chapter 4, verse 2. When he had fasted 40 days, 40 nights, and he was hungry. So the enemy waits till the Lord was at his weakest point. Drained from all strength. And like I said, imagine fasting that long. If there was ever a time for the enemy to tempt the Lord, it was right there. And the devil knew it. The devil understood what he was doing. Now, what was his purpose? And why does he attack us? Well, he wanted to destroy God's redemptive plan. So number one, why does the enemy attack you? He wants to destroy your redemption. He wants to pull you away from redemption. He wants to pull you away from walking with God. That's his whole plan. And number two, which is his number one goal really, is to achieve his greatest desire. He wants to be your God. What does the devil want? I have Chad here and Jackson sitting there listening, who was one of our, one of our students who's with us here today. Why, I'm talking to all and asking you all the question, what is the devil's greatest desire from the beginning? To, to be God. I will be like the Most High. He's been wanting to dethrone God for the last billions of years. We see it in Isaiah 14. He wants to, to dethrone God in our life and take his place. That's his number one desire. So when you put it all, all the temptations, all the troubles, all the trials you, will, you have faced and you will face and we all have faced and will face, it's for one reason. The devil wants God out of our life. He wants us for himself. So he comes by planting doubt. That's how he starts. The first thing the enemy does 
which I know sounds too simple, but really it's quite a very devilish thing to do. He is the devil, you know. That's, that's setting a trap. He wants us to doubt. He wants us to question, is God truly who he says he is? Did God really promise you life? Did God really promise you salvation? That's why one day we're going to see a great falling away because people are going to accept that question and question their faith. Look what's happening all around us today. People are questioning already, and it's a slow process. The enemy did not ask that question only one time in that temptation. Look how many times he says it. And so the tempter says in verse 3, if you are the son of God, there's number one. And then he asks again in verse 6, if you are the son of God. He keeps coming back to the same question. If you are the son of God. So he's, he's going to come to you as he's come already and will continue to come to all of us and say, if, if is his language. There are no ifs in the kingdom of God, but there are ifs in the kingdom of Satan. No ifs in God's kingdom. God never says if to us. He says, this is my promise. There's no if in it. But the devil comes with if, if he's always throwing questions at us. And never, never forget, the devil always attacks us with questions. He said to Eve, did God really say that? Did he really say so? He, he wanted her to question. So what did he attack her mind? What does he aim at when he attacks us? Right here, the mind. That's why it says to us, we have to renew our mind every day because every day the devil attacks us. So trying to create doubt. Now, Jesus knew exactly how to defeat that. It is written. I don't want to be in the shoes of anybody who does not know the Bible in these days. I don't want to be anywhere in, in that position. Because the attacks that have come already have been vicious. But the attacks that are coming are way worse in the future. We're being attacked now from every side. Think about all that's happened with the world, how the world has changed, how the enemy comes at us through all kinds of different doors and platforms and whatever you want to call them out there. So he comes back and says, if you're the son of God, again, he takes him to, a, to the holy city, sets the Lord on the pinnacle of the temple and says, uh, throw yourself down. Do something sensational. Get a crowd. Let's see what kind of power you have. Isn't that the way the devil attacks us too? He wants people to do something sensational. Get a crowd, get a following. That's a temptation. Today, young people I understand, are 
committing suicide because they can't compete on social media with their friends, on how many followers they have. Everybody wants a crowd. Very few want Jesus. Very few want to follow the Lord. They're following the crowd. Even pastors, what, what are some pastors? Thank God, not all of them. But what are some pastors after? They want to make sure that church is full and they have the money they need. Or that, min that ministry has followers. It's not about Jesus anymore in many circles. It's, it's about how much money in your account and how many people you have. Well, that is a very dangerous uh, uh, temptation. And that's what the, what the devil will tempt people with. So he, he, he aims first for the weakness in people's lives. So here's the Lord who was fasting, physically weak, emotionally weak. The enemy attacks that weakness. The other thing he attacks is ego. Remember what, the, what, what he came with Eve at? The loss of the eye, you know, right? Ego, how much can I get? What can I accomplish? So he says, Lord, he says to the Lord, he says, if you're the son of God, again, throwing questions at him, why don't you throw yourself down? Do something sensational. Let's get a crowd here. Let's see how powerful you really, really, really are. And that's how he attacks us to this day, wanting us to focus on the ego, how much followers, what influence do you have, how much money do you have, what kind of future are you building for yourself in the flesh. And every single time the Lord said, it is written, not to tempt the Lord your God in this case. Now, he takes him, verse 8, to an exceedingly high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world, all the glory of them. Why? The enemy does not want to see the flesh crucified. He does not want you to do what Jesus said to you. And what he was offering the Lord is, no need to go to the cross. I'll give you, every, I'll give you the whole world. So, rather than dying, to take the world, to get the world, I'll just give it to you. All you have to, have to, you have to do is worship me. So what else does the devil want? He wants your life. So think about this. He attacks you and me with our weaknesses, sometimes that are uh, not controlled properly. And the only way I know to control our weaknesses, which we all have, is in the presence of the Lord. Spending time with Jesus, spending time in his word, keeps those weaknesses under control. That's what Paul meant in 1 Corinthians 9. He says, I put under my body and keep it under subjection, lest after I have preached to others, I myself be a castaway. I myself be thrown out and rejected by the Lord. What, I mean, what good is it to live your whole life and work so hard to make a living and work so hard to be a Christian, and then at the end you're thrown out because you did not do the simplest thing of all. 
deny self. Say no to the flesh. Simple. I think, I think it's very simple because it's surrender to the Lord. It's let Jesus live his life through you. The Christian life doesn't say try, 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 try. It just yield, 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 yield. No, does it say try to live the Christian life or try harder. It says surrender, yield your members, give your life to Jesus, give him your life, surrender, let him live his life through you. You can't live it anyways. Not even one of us can pray. He prays through us when we surrender. His Holy Spirit prays through us when we surrender. And even when we read the word, he reveals the word to us and through us to others when we surrender to him. So the Christian life is so simple. It's about surrender. You know, surrender is so simple. I did not check this chair when I sat on it. I just sat, sat on it. I surrendered to a chair without looking at the legs to make sure they're strong enough to hold me. I just sat down. What a simple thing to do, and we do it all the time, all of us. So, now, he said, avoid the cross compromise. Think about all I'm telling you. Let's compromise. First, you're too tired, you're too weak, you know, let the body have what it wants. Jesus said, no, it's not, it is written, man will not live by bread alone, but what, by, but what God says and God gives us. Two, let's do something sensational, let's get a crowd, no. And three, he says, let's compromise. Avoid the cross. Say no to the cross. Just worship me. Wow. And Jesus responds, we all know. Get behind me, devil. Now, the Bible says something to us in Luke 4. Let's go to it. And this is the way he works. And that's what Paul said when, when, he, when he said, we know his tricks. We know the way he works. So now Jesus, by winning the victory, it says, and Jesus returned. He did not lose. He returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. So the way you, you know the word, the way you respond to the enemy through your knowledge of the word is the way uh, God, God enables you to live a powerful life. Because Jesus went into the desert by the part of the Spirit. He came out by the part of the Spirit. So he gained amazing power. Now the devil has not changed. He wants to meet, listen to me, he wants to meet, meet our physical needs and emotional needs. People don't realize that the devil is out to meet needs. Let me meet your needs. Let me meet your physical needs. Let me make it easier for you physically. Let, him, uh, let me help you make money, succeed in life. Let me meet your emotional needs so you feel good about yourself. Let me, let me help you with life. And frankly, he'll never meet your spiritual needs. God is aiming at the spirit while the enemy aims at the body and the soul. 
wants to bring you under the subjection of its kingdom. So any power that aims at our flesh and our emotions is satanic. Any influence that aims at, at the physical and the emotional or the soulish is satanic. That's what the world wants to do. Look out there. Billions of dollars are being spent on what? Physically, emotionally. Feeling good, happy, all the rest of it. How to be healthy, how to grow stronger, how to live longer, how to stay younger. You know, okay, I'm, I'm not against being healthy, but for who? For who? For the Lord Jesus or for the flesh? The way I see life has changed as I've gotten older. I want to fulfill God's plan for my life, and when that's done, I want to go home. When Jesus is done with me, I don't want to stay another moment on this planet. I want to go home. I want to be with the Lord. You know, I don't want to wait to die. I don't want to sit in some old folks' home waiting for my body to shut down, to be taken care of by nurses or whatever. No. When Jesus is done with me, I've told him, I said, Lord, take me home. I don't want to stay with him. There's nothing to stay for because it's all flesh. It's all soul. <laughs> and how much of that is left? Hardly anything. What do we need? What do we need to live the kind of life that is peaceful and victorious? Here's what the Bible says. Let's look at Psalm 17. And I'm going to read a very powerful verse, verse 4. If you want to avoid all the attacks of the enemy and do it right, here's what you need. Verse 4, concerning the works of men, by the word of your lips, Lord, I have kept myself from the paths, plural, ways of the destroyer. You'll keep your, yourself away from the roads that Satan builds for you and for others. And I'm not saying you who are watching me, but you know what I mean. The roads of the destroyer, there's only one thing. By the word of your lips, Lord, what you say. And so... The Word of God is really all we have for life and living. And, and when you begin to live that, that kind of life where you are in your Bible all the time, into your Bible all the time, great peace have they that love thy law. If you really want great peace, great peace have they that love thy law. Nothing will touch them. Nothing will offend them. Nothing will shake them because they have great peace. If you want great peace, I'm giving you the answer. It's the Bible. 66 amazing books written over 1,600 years by different writers. And when the book came together, it was one book. Only God can do that. And when you read the Word, you're reading God's precious Word to us, touching our spirit, bringing our soul and body under subjection to the Lord's Word and will and in, in our life. And so now we also have victory over sin, because sin is what destroys. Psalm 119, verse 11, Your word have I hid in my heart, that I will not sin against you, Lord. 
And what a beautiful promise we have in Psalm 119. You know, people today are, are uh, out there. Some of them are dying before their time because of bondage and all the things going on there because they're ignoring the Bible. Psalm 119 verse 1 says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the word of the Lord, the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his word, his testimonies, that seek him with a whole, whole heart. Meaning, you can't seek God without the word. Watch this. They do no iniquity. Wow, free from the bondage of sin? They walk in his ways. They're walking with God, guaranteeing heaven for themselves. You know, Paul said, make your election sure. Make sure you'll make heaven. Paul said, examine yourself to the church in Corinth. Don't you know if you're in the faith? How we need it. God's word is so powerful, it can break any, any blockage that Satan puts in our way. There is such incredible power in the word of God. So it says in, in Jeremiah 23, verse 29, is not my word like a fire? Says the, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces, God's word can literally deliver us from every blockage the devil puts in our way. And then finally, you all remember what, well, maybe you don't, but I'll read it to you. Psalm 119 says something so beautiful about the word of God. There is no darkness in our life when the word of God is in our hearts. It says, Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to your word. And then uh, Proverbs talks about that, as that, that God's word is light, is like a lamp that keeps you lit up. So look, look at verse 23 uh, as I close. I want to pray with you. But the, the answer is very, very, very simple. For the commandment is a lamp. The law is a light. Wow. Proverbs 6.23. God's word is a lamp and a light. And didn't David say the same? A lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. So God's precious word is all we need to, to win. Be free. So here I'm showing you how to resist the enemy. How to win every single time by knowing the Bible and using the Word of God against them. Quite simple. And use the Word of God in prayer. It says in James 4, 7, Submit to God, resist the devil. How? With the Word. He'll flee. He'll stay away. First Peter 5, We resist him with faith, with the Word. Beginning at verse 8 there. Because he said, Peter said, all these troubles happen to all of us. Every, every Christian is going to be attacked by the enemy if you're living the life. But he's not going to, the devil will not attack you if, if you're not going in, in, in the opposite direction that he wants you to go. He only attacks those that are, that are going against what he wants. Be sober, be vigilant. How? 
the word. Only God's word can keep you sober. Only God's word can keep you vigilant. And that word, by the way, is a beautiful word in, in, uh, in the Greek, stay awake. You can only stay awake one way, the word. Wake up, be watchful. So it's an old word to say, be watchful, stay awake. Because your enemy, the devil, like a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom you resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in all your brothers and sisters in the world. Now, Lord, let your word dwell richly in them. As your word declares in Colossians 3, let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. Let your word dwell richly within them. Give them a hunger for your word. Give them a desire to know your thoughts and your mind and counsel. That when the enemy comes to attack them, Lord, they will win every single time. Resist the enemy and win every single time. In Jesus' name, they be protected. I apply the blood on their life. Lift your hands, receive that. I apply the blood of Jesus on your life. I apply the blood of Jesus on your home and family. I apply the blood of Jesus on your possessions. I apply the blood of Jesus on your work, the work of your hands. And I apply the blood of Jesus on your influence and relationships in the name of Jesus. Be free today from the oppression and be filled afresh with the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, blessed time today. Thank you for letting me be with you. I'll be here again tomorrow. Tomorrow we're actually going to be driving to Los Angeles, so you're going to be enjoying it on the 4 or 5 tomorrow. And then uh, I'll be teaching the word from the car tomorrow with all the traffic around us, but I really love that. And dear Chad will be driving, and Jackson will be there, there in the back seat helping or just enjoying. Okay, so it's time to give to the Lord's work. It's time to sow seed in the Lord's work so God can bless you and reward you, prosper you, protect you financially from whatever is coming in the future, and protect your investments. If you have invested money with good companies, with wisdom that God will keep you safe, and the Bible says that very, very clearly in Malachi, how the Lord will protect you from the enemy who will eat your fruit, <laughs> will take away what belongs to you, you know, because he says he will protect you from that. Hallelujah. He'll rebuke the, the devourer for you, that he'll not touch the fruit of your ground, what you have sown for tomorrow. The fruit of your ground is your harvest. Lord, protect our harvest, protect their tomorrow, protect their destiny, protect their families financially as they sow seed today in honoring you as your word declares, honor the Lord with your substance. We give you all the praise. Amen. I'm talking to someone who's about to make a business deal. You're about to enter into a business deal. You're involved in some medical, medical something. I see something medical in this deal. I don't know what it is, but something to do with medical. God's going to bless you beyond anything you've expected. 
keep sowing and keep giving and thank him for the harvest. Look for the harvest too. You know, Jesus said it shall be given unto you. He wants us to look for the harvest. And I see that someone involved in some business to do with medical things. Lord, I thank you for your people who are involved now in some good business. Lord, bless them. Give them wisdom. You said in your word, in, in, in Joshua, you'll make us successful and succeed. Bless them with that success in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You can go ahead and so see it right now on the platform you're watching me on to Benihin Ministries or go to our website, benihin.org, or simply text BHM. Four five seven seven seven. Have a beautiful day. I'll see you tomorrow. Shalom.